Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts. Especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. My name is Martha, and I'm a pilgrim. And it is wonderful to be with you all, to all be together today. I was just struck. Light is not like pie. Love is not like pie. We don't cut away a slice and take it away. Uh, If you're feeling what I'm feeling in the room this morning, there is more than enough for everyone. And it cascades, and it continues, and it To receive some is not to deprive others. Our text today, this might come in later, I don't know. Our text today is Luke something, 19, probably. Nope, not that one. Luke 19, from the Inclusive Bible. Entering Jericho, Jesus passed through the city. There was a wealthy person there named Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was, but he couldn't do so because of the crowd, since he was short. In order to see Jesus, Zacchaeus ran on ahead, then climbed a sycamore fig tree that was along the route. When Jesus came to the spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry up and come on down. I'm going to stay at your house today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and welcomed Jesus with delight. When everyone saw this, they began to grumble. Jesus has gone to a sinner's house as a guest. Zacchaeus stood his ground and said to Jesus, Here and now I give half my belongings to poor people. If I've defrauded anyone in the least, I'll pay them back fourfold. Jesus said to the tax collector, Today liberation has come to this house, for this is what it means to be a descendant of Sarah and Abraham. The promised one has come to search out and save what was lost. I used to live in Seattle, and I would take the bus every day to my graduate school. And Seattle's weather is much like ours, um, but the scenery is a bit different. There is a mountain range to the west, 
the Olympics. There's a mountain range to the east, the Cascades, and there's a ginormous volcano to the southeast, um, Mount Rainier. And every day as I rode the bus, I would, uh, you know, at a crest point of the a viewpoint of the path, I would look up and see what was going on around the mountains. See if you could see Mount Rainier. Seattleites have a saying, the mountain is out today, much like we say about Mount Hood. But I would, I would do this around 270 degrees of me, right? Three of my four sides. What was going on with the mountains? And whether there were clouds or mountains, often the clouds themselves looked like mountains. Sometimes I was taken aback, took my breath away, thinking, how did the mountains get that much bigger? They were clouds. Where did the mountains go? Those are clouds. Months later, the mountains actually come out, and you're like, holy crap. Mountains are beautiful. And it took me a while to realize this is what it's like to look for, look around life and look for God and which things are real and which things are still real but not as permanent. Which things are clouds and which things are mountains. This week I was reading an old Pendle Hill pamphlet called Tending the Light by Mary Figgins. I think she wrote it in 1984 is the publication date. But I was captured by this tale she tells from her childhood. There's an experience from my childhood which I have previously tried to describe to others. I'll try to describe it again. I was around five years old and was skipping barefoot up an alley behind our house. The day was sunny, the sky blue. I was filled with a sense of power, derived probably from my awareness of the pennies I had been given to spend on my favorite candies. This was, I believe, my first trip to the grocery store alone, and it was an excursion solely for pleasure. This was probably in the 1920s. I think she was 60 at the publication date. 1920s or 30s. The excursion solely for pleasure. Suddenly, I felt completely overwhelmed in a most wonderful way by the great expanse of universe around me. It was the first time that I had felt this way. It was quite different from earlier feelings of the expanse and magnitude of the dark, which had evoked fear and loneliness as I lay in my bed at night, and which had often prompted me to cry out for the comfort of my parents' arms. I felt now the presence of a friendly observer watching over me with approval and encouragement. I sensed simultaneously that the approved freedom to venture, to search, and to choose was a source of great happiness, even though I am sure I could not have put this feelings, this feeling into words at five. As I look back over my life, it was perhaps the only time I ever experienced such an overflowing feeling of joy and freedom without an accompanying sense of responsibility to others. There was an unforgettable awareness only of my independent self and of that detached, friendly spirit around me. I could not then have called this the inner light. I had more of an awareness of a majestic personage of value, 
parental form, possibly more fatherly than motherly. My recollection carries no clear distinction. But the outstanding impression that remains from that day until now, over 60 years later, is my direct awareness of the, quote, capitalized, otherness, unquote. The expansive blue sky, my soaring spirit, and the receptive universe, both liberating and engulfing me. Here's the kicker. In my continued search for meaning, I find ever new and enriched manifestations of this earliest remembered encounter with the light seeking me. And she says again later, There she is. My experience of the light has been a gradual, not at all sudden realization that what I was seeking was already present in the search. This is the dynamic I heard in the story of Zacchaeus. He's minding his business, trying to get a view of what everyone else is talking about. And it's whether he, just by encountering Jesus or by being spoken to with kindness and love, recognizes light and acts differently. If you put yourself in Zacchaeus's feet, shoes, in that story, you're up a tree and this teacher comes along and looks up at you and speaks to you, And my guts in that setting say, who, me? And if you're one of the crowd or the disciples following around, I'm sure they were like, who, him? (laughs) But it is this recognition of light that came up in the opening poem and in the songs Bethany invited us to sing to one another. The inner light is within us. The inner light is around us. The light is seeking us. We can find it in one another. And I was reminded of stories throughout scripture that are based on some form of mysterious light. Moses in the shrubbery that wasn't consumed by fire. Paul on the road to Jerusalem, blinded. Things that turn your life around. Or other examples and forms of light that we draw hope from. Like in the movie An American Tale, the little mouse Fievel who leaves his old country to come to America And he sings the song about the moon back to his loved ones. We're under the same moon. I I feel that when I see a starry sky at night. I think these are the same stars over my loved ones around the world. On the northern hemisphere. It also reminds me of, uh, I couldn't find the, find the source on this, but it's in Tolkien when the people light the fires along the ridges. 
to spread word, danger is coming, help is coming. Either way, the fires are a way of getting word quickly to someone far. In essence, saying you are not as far away, you are not as alone as you may think. That's just about all I have. There is light in and around all of us. The inner light that gets your attention the way it did Zacchaeus's is also at work in the people around you. And any time that we ask who me or who him Why not? Why not me? Why not you? Can I trust that Jesus, the light, the spirit, the source of beauty and truth and goodness, is at work in you? Is at work in me? If those queries are a helpful starting place for our time of open worship, um, then feel free. If they're not helpful, start wherever else is helpful for you. We'll spend the next bit of time in silent reflection, listening to the light, listening to the spirit. And if something moves you so you can't stay in your seat, someone will bring a microphone to you. Let's listen. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast.